the World Nomads podcast bonus episode. Hear amazing nomads sharing their knowledge, stories, and experience of world travel. Hi, it's Kim and Phil with another amazing nomads episode and a big thanks for tuning in from wherever you get your favorite podcasts. In this episode, we feature Timmy Garrett, an extreme athlete and traveler. Uh, and thanks for emphasizing extreme because <laughs> Tim sums up his philosophy perfectly. He says, life is short, enjoy it. Explore the world and challenge yourself. And the challenges he's chosen are physically and mentally enduring and truly extreme. Yep. And his challenges are a great catalyst for travel. As we discovered when Timmy came into the World Nomads headquarters in Sydney, he's constantly pushing boundaries. I am. I definitely push boundaries and I do things that no one else is currently doing in the world involving um, swimming the ocean sevens which are the seven hardest channel swims in the world followed up with a long bike ride and and a very long run which may be I make it more difficult by introducing either extreme temperatures hot and cold or extreme altitudes or just extreme distances. Where are the seven channels? Uh, the seven channels, number one is the hardest is the North Channel. That's between Scotland and Ireland. The next one is Cook Strait, North Island, South Island. Yep. The third one is Segura Strait, Japan. The fourth one is Molokai, which is Hawaii. Uh, fifth one is English Channel. Sixth one is Catalina in California. And the seventh one is Gibraltar Strait between Spain and Africa. When we were just warming up, you were telling us about the Catalina swim. Go on. So after doing the Arch to Arc, which is a, a race in um, England, which is from London to Dover, swim the English Channel, hop on your bike and then ride a bike from Calais to Paris, I got invited to a, a race in California called Uberman. So I trained up for it and did it. The swim is from Catalina Island to the mainland. Uh, the adventure started even before getting to the island to start the swim because one mile out to sea, we get a notification from the Coast Guard saying, hey, there's a guy in the water. We're not sure if this is kosher, but he needs to be rescued. Lo and behold, one mile offshore in pitch dark, there's a guy with his new iPhone 7 holding it up in the air and using the torch, a strobe torch, to get it <laughs> attention Luckily, the skipper saw saw the flash. Off we go to go and do the rescue uh, with the Coast Guard coming in. <laughs> what was he doing out there? How do you get a mile offshore and not get your phone wet? Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Well, it's absurd because he actually said he had his boat was following behind him. He said he had sat on the side of his boat to have a pee and he fell in. <laughs> now, luckily, he fell in with his buoyancy life jacket yep. and his iPhone. But what was bizarre was that he didn't realise that his boat had been following him <laughs> and was just behind him. But he'd been in the, hour, uh, in the water for um, a good couple of hours. Yeah. Uh, he did smell of a little bit of alcohol and uh, <laughs> he did have hypothermia, so he did need re rescuing, yeah. yeah. So have you collected lots of these stories? Oh, absolutely. Swimming Catalina is a fantastic swim because you – see all the bioluminescence um, in the water because it's a night swim. You start at midnight. But the marine life is just everywhere, dolphins, seals. And for my swim, I had two whales come up, and which is might sound fantastic, um, but when they 
pooped everywhere in the ocean and you're swimming through the ocean, I got sick. So, so <laughs> how much is a lot into for a whale? How much? Uh, uh, do you know what? I, it's not a thing that I'm <laughs> familiar with. Are you, are you imagining a couple of whale-sized turds? Absolutely, or? yes. I mean, huge mammals. You're going to have seriously. to talk to a sat- yeah. cetacenologist or, or something. Okay, you can put it into context because before we started recording, you said you were swimming through it for a few hours. Yeah, that is of, one yeah. mighty crap. <laughs> <laughs> No, Long no doubt about it. No, we love a good crap story. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So you got sick, and got there was sick, a story yeah. behind that. Got sick. Um, had um, brown stuff coming out of my sinuses for a good few days, <sighs> until it eventually turned to blood. Um, and because I was going through the desert on my bike through California, a four hundred mile bike ride through the mountains in the desert in California, aiming for uh, Badwater um, or Death Valley. It was hard to find a doctor, so I went to a, a vet <laughs> a, a pet shop and um, picked up some fish antibiotics to find the solution. That's, that is a good story. I'm, I'm going to ask you to take your shirt off. I reckon you've got gills. <laughs> <laughs> I do know an old guy from the country who um, needed his tooth. He had a toothache, yeah. needed it pulled out, yeah. and you know, couldn't wait until the dentist opened during the week. So he went to a horse vet <laughs> the horse vet to pull his tooth out. And a new pair of shoes at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been in the world and what have you done to challenge yourself? Um, I think, well, yeah, no, I don't think. I've been on every continent. I've been in Antarctica and done a full expedition to um, South Pole and really that was a game changer for me. Um, and the reason I got that in my head and to do it in the first place was I started doing running and became an ultra runner in 2010. As you do? Yeah, as you do. And uh, to do ultra running, it's a little bit more... You you work out what do you want to achieve and why you're doing ultra running. And when I started running, I went. I was in Africa running across the Kalahari Desert like you do. And you get to meet like-minded people. And I was asking about what's the hardest race to do in the world. And lo and behold, it was the 6633, which was in Canada, in the Arctic Circle. And it's basically running along the ice road up to Tukiuktuk, which is top of Canada mainland. And uh, so I trained up to do that. And when I got to the end of that race, I just sat down and I was just smashed in the face with how difficult it was, how cold it was, and how the wind affected every piece of equipment. It just completely set me back. And I, I went, you know what, that was so hard. What's it like to do the poles? And I went, you know what, I want a piece of that. I'm going to train up to do that. And so that's what I did. I set myself that target and started training in the Arctic all the time and in the mountains so that I could do the South Pole. North Pole is on my agenda. Couldn't just run around the block, could you? (laughs) (laughs) So you said in the Kalahari Desert you're you're coming across like-minded people. Are there a lot of people, athletes, that use travel to challenge themselves? Ultra runners, yes. There's only a few races that you can do in Australia. And uh, likewise, there's only a few races that you can do in America. And after you've done a few, if you're comfortable with being in that niche and in that same environment, you don't get to just rediscover things and rediscover yourself. You don't get to challenge yourself because you can become familiar. And so I guess 
I've been on a circuit where I've met the same people, but we've all gone to different races around the world, whether it's India, Africa, Canada, Norway. And that's the great thing about it. You get to meet interesting people. And do you suck up the culture? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's fantastic. Can you give us an example? Meeting the Inuit people in northern Canada is just fantastic and how they live and seeing how they live or seeing how the Inuit live in Greenland. And you can understand when you come in off the sea ice and you get into a small town, which is roughly about 20 or 30 people living in that town, they live together as a community. They don't live separately and alienate like we do in, uh, in a city. They're, they're supporting and there's a self-supporting community. And, for instance, they have an allocated amount of kill that they can do for polar bears or whales or whatever. And as soon as there's a sighting, the whole group of people, women, men, children, they're all out there and they're chasing. And when you come into a, a, an Inuit village and you see two great big polar bear skins drying in minus 20 degrees and you just go, oh my, and the polar bears are absolutely massive and you just go, ah, oh, how terrible. But you realise they don't have the luxury of a 7-Eleven, a Coles or a Safeways or a Woolworths or a Walmart. They, have, they live off the land and that's true. Experiencing that culture and how they live, it's we take too many things for granted. There's a lot of adrenaline that you chase by the sounds of things. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, people are made up of uh, chemicals and you have dopamine and serotonin and I'm one of those guys that doesn't get super excited and has, you know, dopamine and I look for adventure and I look for excitement. But um, some people... Uh, They'll do a you know a, a half marathon or a marathon or a triathlon, and they'll be jumping up and down in the air and super excited. Those are the ones with the high serotonin levels. I'm the one with the okay. What, what am I going to do now? Uh, you know where am I going to go? Um, yeah, so, so different, you're constantly different, on the lookout. Yeah, different mentality. And, and look, how does your body cope with these extreme pursuits as well? I mean, it's got to hurt, right? Look, I've gone past that, way past that element because I've been doing it for so long now. Uh, I started ultra running in 2010, then ultra cycling, and I cycled across Canada and took 56 days. And when you do those types of things, they're just fantastic. And swimming channels, you know, swimming in California across the channel, swimming to Africa and swimming, to, I've done all that, and swimming Cook Strait last year and swimming around Manhattan Island. They're all different adventures. They sound fantastic and great achievements, but I'm looking for something a bit more, uh, with a bit more excitement. I, I did a thing last year, which was I swam around Manhattan Island, 48 kilometres. Then after that, I cycled um, about 800 kilometres through six states along the East Coast up to Boston, up to... Concord and then to Albany and then followed up with a 145 mile run down the Hudson River back to Times Square. Mm. Now this is a world first and I'm inventing these things to carry on from a big swim. The hurt locker was horrible for that just because I was on on the first day of the bike ride I got hit by a car T-bone and they just drove off but I just carried on and it slowed me down but it didn't stop me and I was in pain but you don't think about it. When you do endurance you tend to become very stoic and very tenacious mm. and you can't let go chop my leg off and i'll still carry on 
That's the sort of mentality. It's only a flesh wound. Yeah. Yeah. It's only a flesh wound. I've had hypothermia running down from Everest and I've gone, you know, I've got to get to Namche Bazaar. I'm by myself. I've made a stupid mistake. I thought I was going to be okay and I wasn't. And I got to Namche Bazaar. It was off climbing season, so no one was in Namche Bazaar, which is the yeah. where all the people um, accrue for getting ready to climb going up to Everest. I got into a, a hotel. There was only two hotels there, and they're not luxurious. No. Uh, Tea houses, basically. basically. Yeah. 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 And I got in, opened the door up, left the door open, took my clothes off, jumped into my sleeping bag, passed out, and woke up four hours later. <laughs> Alive. 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 Well, there seems to be... <laughs> Can we just backtrack? I was running down from Everest. <laughs> what? <laughs> doesn't doesn't surprise me anymore. I was pretty <laughs> chuffed with my 84 Ks in the Sydney to Wollongong. <laughs> was that, that's only a warm-up. <laughs> well, there does seem to be this, this club of you, and we've had quite a few amazing nomads from Felix Weber, who uses running mm. to make connections around the world. There's been Mike Dawson, who is uh, a extreme kayaker but again he uses travel to um, extend himself Dan Pearson yep. um, another amazing nomad that cycled and, or walked uh, across Cuba he walked across Cuba and it was Tillian Claire who, Claire, walks, who yep. walked the length of the US border with in the south. In the south. And then there's uh, Australian girl Lucy who's currently walking from the bottom of South America to the top of Alaska. Now you suddenly realise that there's a bit more to life than the nine to five, living in a box, going to work in the box, coming home, looking at a box. Our time on this planet is very limited. The horizon that we see right now, it would have to be less than 200 years. Our, not our children, but our children's children, they'll probably be living underground. Australia is just way too hot. If you don't think about or recognise that we do have a global climate problem, we have a global pollution problem, and what are we doing to change it? We're doing small things, but it's a bit too little and it's too late. Mm. And the planet that we live in right now is one, it's an organic system, it's got limited time, you've got limited time to see this planet in its true light right now. The opportunity to travel is going to be less in the future. You've got to think about what defines us as a human being, what makes us, and the things that make us are, it's our environment. The people who influence us, our relationships are immediately around us, they influence us, but it's also the environment that we're in. And this planet is changing. Travel is an opportunity to see other cultures, it's an opportunity to reset your hard drive, and more importantly, it's a, it's a opportunity for you to reinvent yourself you see other people and how they live and what they're doing and you look and reflect about where you are and what you have done i've met so many people around the world that have never even gone out of the town that they live in yeah hey what's next what what did what and can i come with you (laughs) no i'm kidding (laughs) so this year i have um Hawaii, which is the third, fourth hardest channel swim. It's 48 kilometres between Molokai and Oahu Island. Then after that, I'm going to traverse Oahu Island on the volcanic ridge. Seriously, seriously dangerous. Like I put it up there. With I've done a lot of dangerous stuff, and yeah, I put it up there. 
next to the one I'm just about to talk about. <laughs> and then after I've traversed Oahu Island, um, I'm going to get on a sea bike, and depending on conditions, I'm going to try and paddle over on a sea bike to the next island. <laughs> so Please. that hasn't been done before. Also, I'm going to attempt a world record invi- involving ice swimming uh, in Australia. And then I've got my own race, which I've opened up. I've called Hard Bastard, but no one... Uh, I've had it open for a year. No one's... <laughs> Two, <laughs> Two Hard Bastard. <laughs> yeah. The Hard Bastard is... Um, <laughs> Is it another ultra endurance thing? Anyone could do it. Just contact me if you're interested. It's a 40 kilometer swim from Palm Beach to North Bondi. It's a sharky swim, so there is that element. You're not allowed a wetsuit, so you need to be a marathon swimmer to do it. Then followed by a 700 kilometer bike ride along the east coast of Australia, and then a hundred mile run, 162 kilometers around the mountains. It's been open for a year, and you've got no one that signed yeah, up. Yeah. So it could just be so you. So just just me, yeah. Which is okay. <laughs> I'm happy to lead the way. I'm sure you will, Timmy. I'm sure you will. Now, details on that race and more about Timmy, including how to find him on Instagram in show notes. And thanks to our very first amazing nomad, Sarah Davis, who was aiming to become the first woman to kayak the entire length of the Nile for suggesting Timmy get in touch with us. Look, and if you'd like to contact us and suggest an amazing nomad or even appear in one of our destination episodes, email us at podcast at worldnomads.com. As Timmy says, life is short. Go and enjoy it. Bye. Amazing. Nomads. Be inspired.